Podcast. Was, are you actually recording oh, now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was confusing. Cool. Uh, the iCarly reference was lost on me, but. Uh, and me. Hi, welcome to If It's Gay We Play. Yes, hello. It's your number one internet source for being gay and playing video games. Yes, both of those things. Um, we're here for you if you're gay or if you play video games. Or both, even. Ideally both. Ideally both, yes. That is our ideal We accept audience. you either way, but <laughs> we're gay. I personally am gay. And I personally play video games. Yes, My name's Hannah. Hello. Uh, I'm Kai. I am also gay. I also play video games. Incredible. Um, yeah, I think we're going to spend some time talking about our credentials for this podcast. <laughs> credentials. What is allowing us to make this. Well, in all seriousness, we do um, want to... I guess we shouldn't get serious yet. What, Kai, no. what qualifies you for this podcast, talking about being gay and playing video games? Well, uh, I happen to be a big old trans lesbian. A big old trans um, Yes, I'm actually very small. I'm like, only that's five not true. Uh, but I am a trans, non-binary, a lesbian, and I have been playing video games since I was, I think, five years old with Pokemon Red. Incredible. Yes, thank you. I try. Um, but I, personally, I've been gay for um, seven years? Oh, yeah. How long have I been gay? I've been yeah. gay for 14 years. Yeah. So talk about how long you've been gay. I've been gay Dude, for we'll 14 We'll talk about years. identities and all that, Okay. you know, nonsense later. We'll talk sure. about the okay. seriousness. But how long have you been gay? Uh, again, 14, 14, 14 years. years. Incredible. Thank you. Um, I feel like it's more than seven years. It's, no, it's seven years. Um, and I've been playing video games for substantially longer than that. I've been playing, I think the first, probably also Pokemon. It must be Pokemon. I think it's that's a Pokemon. lot for our generation. That's a lot of your yes. intro into video games. Like I didn't even think of myself as a person who played video games. I just knew. You I'm, played Pokemon. Right. Yeah. Like I didn't think of Pokemon as a video game. Our generation being millennials, because if you have not figured out at this point, we are millennials. Uh, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, we'll talk, and we can talk about that, but I, I personally would like to have, I don't know, like, queer means a number of things to a number of people. Sure. Like, we say, if it's gay, we play, but, like, our identities are more accurately queer. Queer, um, yeah. Gay is just a fun thing to say. Yeah, it's, it's a better a fun, fun term. for the podcast, yeah. and it's fun. Um, it's just fun. It's just fun, you know? It's like, fun, we flirty, like to have fun. Yeah. It's fun, it's flirty. Um, I... Identify personally. Um, gender identity is sort of in progress, but currently <laughs> identify Beautiful. as a um, gender fluid, footch, uh, lesbian woman. Um, a lot of other things outside of that, but that's sort of that. And lesbian is sort of something that I've shied away from for a long time. And then this trans exclusionary radical feminist really pissed me Tarf. off on the internet. And then I decided to. Um, start identifying as a lesbian as a personal fuck you to that person. Oh, I've been taking credit for you identifying as a lesbian well, this whole time. that's on you, because I never told you that one single time. <laughs> no, that's time. true. That's true. Um, identify as queer more sort of overarchingly than that. Um, you know, the specifics of my sexuality are complicated. I'm definitely on the asexual spectrum. Sure. Um, I would say I identify as demisexual or gray asexual. Um... Yeah, that's me. What's your... Kai, what are you? 
What are you all about? What What am I? Uh, I uh, we've already we've already gone into this a little bit. I am a trans. Uh, a whole trans. I, I know one whole trans for one whole podcast. Um, I am non-binary. I am transgender. I am a lesbian. Uh, I I think I spent less time shying away from that term and more time being actively disgusted by it because it was used so regularly as a slur against me. Well, sure, that was, yes. yeah. But I've decided to uh, sort of hop on hop on the dike train, uh, so to speak. <laughs> Um, oh, I will definitely hop on the dike train. Yes, uh, <laughs> the dike train is my. Very interested in the dike train. Yes, me too. Um, and I'm I'm not asexual, but uh, I am an ally. Definitely. Good for you. Thank you. Congrats. Thank you. Um, I guess I can't really think of anything else that's relevant, but I we did want to talk about uh, uh, not all of the terms that we are going to be using may be comfortable for right. everyone, like the dyke train joke. Yeah. Not everyone is going to be hopping on right. the dyke like train. We personally, for each of us individually and by extension collectively, have that's a term that we have reclaimed for our own identifiers. Like, there's a number of... I mean, even queer is a reclaimed yeah, slur. Yeah, so there's a number of I'd slurs and identifiers. And obviously, like, everybody's identity is intersexual. We're both white. Um, we're both, I would say, middle to upper class. Sure. Uh, we both have an enormous amount of privilege mm-hmm. in that regard. Um, and everybody's identity is super... Identity is super um, intersectional, obviously, and complex. And there's going to be terms that we likely use for ourselves or even potentially for the characters that we're talking about yes. that are not necessarily comfortable for other people. And that's difficult with fictional characters because in some cases we don't have the info from the developers about what the, the definitive sexuality of that character is. That's true. But, so, you know, we welcome feedback to that. But our for our own personal identifiers, like, that's something, again, that, like, Dyke is something that I have personally reclaimed for myself I've been called other things more frequently. Sure, sure. Um, and maybe that's why I'm more sort of reticent to reclaim them. Like, I had a lot of resistance to lesbian based on people who decided for me what my sexuality was when I was younger, before I had time to sort of come to that on my own. Um, but yeah, ba- basically know that we we are queer people living our lived experience, and we are consequently using terms that we have come to know and feel comfortable with for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree to that. Yeah. Well, recognizing that, again, that's not the case. It's not for, for everyone. For everyone. No, most right. definitely and, not. And trying to... We try. We want to approach these issues with compassion and kindness um, and welcome... Learning. Cameron Esposito actually talked about this on Query this past week about, like, and when she was in, interviewing um, Andrea Gibson yeah. about approaching things, approaching... Um, dialogue with kindness and compassion, and that's mm. sort of what we're trying. Obviously, we're gonna. This is all serious, but we're gonna. We promise we're gonna make jokes. Um, no we might even make here. one joke. <laughs> not, uh, not one. And we're gonna have a nice time, but also like, you know, the fact of the matter is, there's queer people are like, just it would be comical if it wasn't so sad, like catastrophically underrepresented <laughs> in video games. Yes, yes, I most would definitely. Say. Um, there is some cool stuff happening in video games, obviously, but there's there's so much in many ways they're sort of catching up. In many ways they're ahead and they're many ways they're catching up. I, I would, would agree say. with that, yeah, yeah, for sure. As with all things. <laughs> um we don't we still don't have 
especially who oh boy especially now we don't have nearly as much of a powerful voice in the political climate of this country which is america where oh, we yes. are recording 2018 from, yep um that we could um so yeah i don't know i think kindness and compassion is an important and laughter and comedy and humor which again, yeah camp that's kind of our camp. whole yeah we'll thing talk about that's camp. our whole shtick yeah, yeah for sure it's a huge, i think it's a huge part of our culture i think laughing oh, obviously. at all this bullshit is a huge part of our cultural experience uh and what sort of defines our culture um so do we want to bring it to video, video games, games? Yeah, yeah i once played a video game <laughs> well i that's wonderful would you want to talk about that video game that you played yeah sure um so for my thing this yeah week, we're bringing in things um i'm gay and this is the game that i've played and i here's the gay game that i want to talk about and i want to talk about queer coding in video games without and like queer baiting in video games like queer coding without pay off necessarily or yeah what do you mean by that like more i guess more so queer baiting um basically the the thing i'm going to be talking about uh it's i guess it's sort of semi-topical because that crappy movie just came out but i want to talk about tomb raider the 2013 tomb raider reboot and the in my opinion extremely heavy-handed homosexual overtones and undertones and tones um, and the, the sort of subsequent queer baiting that that game entails because of the lack of overtly stating the queerness basically like it's so heavily implied mm. without actually um, stating it so in, in the 2013 Tomb Raider reboot which is an excellent video game it's one of my favorite video games and that's why I wanted to talk about it sure um, you play as Lara Croft, obviously, who spends... So you get shipwrecked on this island. It's this fictional island called Yamatai and uh, off the coast of Japan somewhere. And you're part of a research expedition and there's a lot to be said about like gender roles and like this is young Lara Croft. It's sort of her origin story. So there's oh, a lot to be said okay. about gender roles and about her experience. Like there's this shitty white male professor who like tries to undermine her for the whole expedition. She's like a research assistant, basically. Like, it's his expedition. But, like, he tries to take credit for her ideas and so forth. Oh. Um, and so there's a lot to be said for that. But also, you after you get shipwrecked on the island, the whole driving plot of the game is getting off the island, obviously. But the way that you do that is you have to, like, placate this ancient goddess empress it's a goddess basically yeah she's like this sort of divine empress and you have to this cult that's on it's a very complicated thing this cult that's on this island has kidnapped sam who's a member samantha who's a member of your adventuring Mm. party okay and you the whole thing is set is centered around lara trying to rescue samantha which in and of itself is pretty queer when you think about it like the damsel in distress role is is almost never even if it was totally platonic which i don't believe that it is the dan- that role that like rescuing thing like you would expect it to be like a male adventurer who's rescuing her rescuing the woman okay. or if it's if it's Lara Croft like no previous tomb raider game has had that thing where it's like a person as far as i know is a, the person that you are rescuing it's it's usually more about the tombs rating rating the tombs that you are rating it's more about rating tombs um so this is, it's unique, I think, and it's, I mean, I don't play every game, 
what? <laughs> Amazing is that I I'm shocked. And, uh, but I can't think of another game where the whole plot is you playing as a woman trying to rescue another woman in this, in this sort of, sort of classic damsel in distress narrative. Um, and you get, there's a lot of like documents that you pick up and stuff where, for instance, in one, like Sam talks about, Sam's like a photography student and she talks about how she's filming Lara because like of how great she looks on camera Oh, and stuff. Right. Um, and there's a lot of cutscenes where they're like holding hands and Lara, um, talks. It's just, there's a lot of that. And then you, spoilers, but the game came out in thir- 2013, so. I, yeah, that was I five years think, ago. You're fine. Yeah. Um, you get to the end of the game and you rescue Sam from this cult and it's like the final cut scene is you, you as Lara cradling Sam in your arms in this way. She like grabs your arm. It's very like, it's very gay. Is there it breathing? Is. It, they do breathe, which as we know is the most lesbian act. Yes. Hands, um, hands also. Hands are very gay. Sure. Very yes, lesbian. They were holding hands. I mean, uh, that's... they were holding hands. Breathing is lesbian. Yes. Um, holding hands is lesbian. Yes. Um, all of it, if you've ever held hands in your life, like it doesn't make you a lesbian, but that, that act itself, you did a lesbian is a lesbian. If you've ever breathed, again, (laughs) many people Sorry to, sorry to tell you. And are not lesbians. Oh, glad to tell you, actually. That's exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Like, you could, you should be so lucky. (laughs) Truly, Um, couldn't we Many people breathe and are not lesbians. Mm, But that's, it's still lesbian. I don't make the rules. (laughs) No. No, you I don't. I just work here. Listen, I want to hear about the end of this game. Yeah, so you you are cradling Sam in your arms, and she's wearing this sort of, like... Because the cult's trying to sacrifice her so she can, like, become what? the new goddess, Oh, Empress, cool. Becoming and, a goddess and, is like, also gay. Play, right? And, like, placate that goddess so everybody can get off the island. This cult has been, like... Tr- it's, it's, like, many shipwrecks have happened here, so this cult is all people that have been trapped on this island oh. for... A number of years, and they like kill all the women because they're trying to sacrifice what? them. Oh, you, yeah, Jesus. you like find that out. There's like bonus tombs and stuff, or not bonus tombs, but like there's like hidden tombs, hidden like tomb. secret. There's it's tombs such to interesting raid. Gender. Yeah, so they like kill. Play. Yeah, because they're trying to placate this ancient empress. Whoa. Um, and then you, so they have Sam in this like very like bridal looking, almost like white dress and like mm-hmm. flower crown, and so the la- one of the last shots of like the plot of the game is Lara cradling Sam in her big strong powerful arms and carrying her like bridal style like carrying bridal her? style carrying well, her out of the thing and that again that seems it doesn't seem it is very heavy handed to me so I did a lot of research I heard an amount of research um, on this just trying to see because like I know I'm on the internet like I look at fan art I know that I'm not the only person <laughs> on the world who looks at fan art. Yeah. Who thinks this is very gay. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was, there's a lot to be said about it. There's this paste article that seems to determine that they are just friends based on what one of the, the like lead writer of the game has said. I didn't really interpret it the same way, but one of the, the lead writer of the game did say at one point, there's part of me that would have loved to make Lara gay. I'm not sure the game's developer would be ready for it, but we've not spoken about it directly either. Mm. So that sort of falls into that, like, it's queer it's queer coding and it's queer baiting, and it feels more like queer baiting because Sam is not in the second game in the rebooted franchise at all, Rise oh. of the Tomb Raider, which I think is an okay game. 
I played it. It was fine. It was a little repetitive. And frankly, I cared a lot less about it because I didn't have this very gay subplot. That's fair. To I would too. To. Yeah. And yeah, there's there's a lot to be said on the internet about how Lara is like Lara Croft is sort of this queer icon in a way because when the Tomb Raider games came out like there was no other game like that there was no other game that was you playing as as a, a, a in a a female know. adventurer you yeah, could say yeah I would say that um playing as a woman in this very this adventure style game this single player adventure style game I don't really know a pla- I mean it's a platformer too but I don't know all the terms I try, I try to know the gamer. terms, um, but I, I'm a woman, so I can't be a real gamer. That's true. And how she sort of became this queer icon, just sort of purely based on, I, I would go as far as to say that like most franchises, especially ones that came out in the 90s and early 2000s that were centered around a very strong female lead in some way or another became queer icons. Um, I mean, you think of Xena, which also was gay. Then, yeah. Um, but you think of like Buffy, also also gay. Well, there's not gays Buffy and Buffy, herself, but Buffy herself but is not gay. Was, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, those I get what you're saying. Franchises. Yeah, they definitely did. And that would make sense that video games would be similar, right? Like those pieces of media, and I think it's partially because, like, I read a, a opinion piece sort of about how Lara, and I don't, you know, who knows? There's an opinion piece. Hmm. Um, it was from this year, though. It was actually from like a couple oh, weeks wow. ago. Oh wow, very recent. About how Lara even became sort of an icon to queer male gamers who at the time that the game came out, I guess there were studies, and I don't know if this is still true, there were studies that like overwhelmingly um, queer male gamers, if given a choice, would play as a female protagonist. And like I will always play as a female protagonist because I didn't, like I grew up, I think about like the new Star Wars franchise and like Mm. if I had had Rey as a little girl and like as a young kid, like a young, like a little tomboy, like I dressed as dumb fuck Anakin Skywalker. Oh my god, me too. Because that's what I had. Like, oh, I didn't have the rat tail. Okay. Well, maybe I did. I totally did. I totally had a clip on rat tail. Oh, yes. Now that I think about it. But that's what we had because the prequels came out when we were young. Yeah. So that's what I had as a reference point to dress up as. And so now, any chance I get, like I'll play as like the kick-ass woman. Like I'll only play as Fem Shep. Like oh, I'll play totally as like, Fem Shep all the way. Fem Inquisitor, Fem Warden, Fem Hawk. Lots of Bioware um, references. Lots of Bioware here references today. here on this podcast. I do want to ask you about the the iconography of the the female protagonist with the with the gay men. Well, this piece is stating that basically the I don't know if this is supported by the studies. Or that, or, anything. or whatever, we're supported by anything. It makes some amount of sense that like queer men would identify better as a female character because there were no queer male characters to play as, and female characters would experience some. And I say female and male because it's the terminology the article used yeah, sure, for like whatever. men and women characters. That women would experience more of the discrimination that gay men would experience in the world or queer men would experience in the world than a straight male protagonist, which was the overwhelming majority of protagonists That's in games interesting logic. for the long, longest time. And I think it makes some amount of sense. I don't know if I 100% agree, but that it would be potentially easier for a queer man to identify with somebody who, especially maybe like a femme queer man, to identify with somebody who 
like is struggling against the world or who is in some capacity because there were when Tomb Raider came out there weren't fucking any brown people in games like there were no queer men in games and there were barely any women as protagonists in games like that's what made Tomb Raider stand out as a franchise sure. and then of course there were the boobs which were a programming uh, triangles large that's a fun fact I can't remember I didn't get a source for this but I do know this is true okay. that the reason that happened is a program apparently a yeah you told me that era. a couple months they ago they say at least they and claim. then they decided to keep it for the the bulk of the franchise up until the reboot um, that it would be yeah it would be easier because like Lara Croft is like a woman in a male dominated field struggling against this oppression I don't know if that really came up in the older games full disclosure I have not played any of the old Tomb Raider games um I tried to play the the first Tomb Raider, which came when it came out on PlayStation. And my ste- I wasn't allowed to play any like even mildly violent video games, but uh-huh. my stepbrother was, <clears throat> and he, um, he like showed me. I don't know why we were children that were fascinated with death. I mean, I have theories, but they're not worth getting into. Sure. And my stepbrother showed me the like one of the other things the game was like famous for was like at the time, very realistic deaths that Lara could have. Oh, Like, you could just drown her in a pool, and she would, like, thrash around and float and die. Jesus. Like, it was very graphic. Okay. Um, But it was also kind of funny, I guess. Sure. A, because death is funny. And B, because um, it was like, you didn't see physics like that in games previously. And it was also the... PlayStation 1, so it was not... It could only be so realistic. <laughs> yeah. So I think that made it a little funnier. But, I mean, you know how funny I think ragdoll physics are. I do. In games. Yes. Um, even if somebody is dying... Even, if, perhaps especially if somebody is dying horribly via ragdoll physics. Game, yes. Right, obviously. Um, so I, I watched that, and then my mom found out that my stepbrother was showing me the horrible deaths of Lara Croft. Psychic mom powers, man. I don't know. And she, like, freaked out and that I wasn't allowed to watch any Tomb Raider games anymore. Uh And didn't really... There was, like, a long period of my life when I didn't play as many video games, sort of before college, I guess, and, like, when I had money to buy my own game systems. Um, And so, the yeah, the 2013 Tomb Raider was the most of the Tomb Raider experience that I have. Partially, too, because it's not... It's more plot-driven and it's more character-driven. And that gets into, like, the new Lara, and even outside of the very heavy-handed, like, relationship between Sam and Lara, which, again, like, play the game as a queer person. Like, I can imagine, like, straight people will do fucking anything to justify their not being queer content Oh, yeah, there. we talked about this, yeah. Right? Like, we watched, <laughs> the other day when we watched Carol. Oh, yeah. And we tried to as bet. Always. As always. Uh, we tried to bet, which has, like, seven, it has, like, seven out of ten on Amazon or something or like four no, stars. No, yeah, or it's four out of five, which is bullshit. It's, it's bullshit. It's the Carol's, best movie. It's the best movie ever made. Yes, is the thing about Carol, and it's it's legitimately a very good movie. Very white yes. is its very glaring flaw. flaw. Other than that, genuinely phenomenal movie. Very, very but it has this rating, and I haven't read the reviews because I don't. No, I don't want to subject myself to that I punishment. Do I mean, we can read them as that, like a joke yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, that. I imagine it's like straight people who didn't know what they were getting into. <laughs> yeah. The straights. TM. 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 And there's 
like we were trying to bet how long into the movie Carol a straight book we would be before a straight person had to admit to themselves that this was a gay film. Without knowing that it was a gay film Homosexual film. Yes. Or like knowing, but like really trying to die. Like, yeah, yeah, if you didn't know what you were getting into at all and you were a very straight person, how long into the movie Carol would you? And mind you, when we say straight person, we mean like straight with a capital S. We love straight people. We love them. them. One of them is our producer. We have one right here in the room with us, and he's great. He's great. But, hello. (laughs) (laughs) That's our producer, Aaron. He's tight. He's a lovely man. Yes. He's just a sweet boy. Uh, Thanks. Um... Um, we I lost averaged about my... 45 minutes. It was about 45 Love. minutes into the film, before Carol, would... before right. we and when, thought when we say straight person, we mean like the, oh, right, the right, yeah. straight, cis, white, conservative, Trump well, voting. Like can't conceive of white picket, like gay cannot things. Conceive like doesn't want to prefer... conceive of gay things. You don't have to be conservative to not want to conceive of gay things. I mean, it's part of it. I'm not going to deny that there's a, huge, a correlation. There's a huge correlation, I think. You could, I guess you could be neoliberal, but even yeah, then, it's neoliberal. like it's so conservative to like just not true. To just okay. Well, anyway. patently try to ignore it, to just put your head down and pretend that you can electrocute somebody into being straight. E. Eric Pence. <laughs> and um, tight. thanks. Forty-five uh, minutes into Carol. Yeah, that's all that I'm before you just bald faced would have to say like, no, they are not gals. They are not pals. They're not these pals. Gals. <laughs> they they gon' fuck. Yeah. And I they mean, do. We we knew from the offset. Well, we knew what the movie was about. But even if we had to see Carol by myself in theaters after you were dumped. Mere months after being dumped from a long term relationship. <laughs> that is one of my even favorite stories. An entire theater filled with I mean, who knows? But pretty happy looking lesbian couples. <laughs> they might have been all miserable and you they just didn't know. Miserable as fuck. Here's the thing. The first time I saw Carol was with you, mm-hmm. I think in our living room. You cried. And I had to leave because I got so <laughs> emotional <laughs> and I had to step outside <laughs> for a full 15 minutes yeah, because I just was trying. I was also because I was trying to get over some girl. Mm, um, yeah. So Carol is. You were too gay to watch the movie. I was too gay to watch the movie Carol um, for fifteen minutes of my life. Yeah, fuck. Uh, Think about it all the time. Yeah, and we should watch it again tonight. We should should stop this podcast immediately. Go watch Carol. Carol. Um, Point being, what was the? (laughs) Where did we start? Start talking about Carol. Um, (laughs) Oh, like that'll happen a lot. Even so, even if like you were the type of straight person who. Jess would play Tomb Raider and be like, no, they're just friends. Is that what straight people <laughs> sound like? That is what every single straight person sounds wow, like. Wow, amazing. Uh, there's a lot to be said for, and this is maybe a little more esoteric, but for like queering the Tomb Raider reboot because it is so character driven. And the original Tomb Raiders uh, were Tomb's Raider, if you what? will. I don't know. <laughs> were... Like, Lara was already this, like, established adventurer, and she mm. had her shirt shorts, and she oh, had her guns, sure, yeah. and she had her titties, yep. and she was raiding tombs. <laughs> and in the new, the Tomb Raider reboot, which is what this, I mean, the movie has a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes, I think, at last. Let's wow. look it up right now. Um, <laughs> we're live, looking we're up. Right, we're live looking up the Rotten Tomatoes rating for the new to- Tomb Raider movie, which I have a lot of promotional gear for. Um, oh, yeah, oh, well, it's up to 50%. Oh, so hey, 200%. That's a solid F. Looks like But a- then it's got four point whatever. <laughs> that's and, fine. That's um, fine. I think I'm going to enjoy it very much. Oh, yeah, we're going to go so see it. You know, it. I feel about Lara Croft. But anyway, yeah. that's what the new movie's based on, where mm. she's all badass. Okay. 
And she starts in the, the, the rebooted games. The first one is an origin story for her. So it talks about, like, she's young. She's, like, 22. She's, like... She's 22? Yeah, she's young. She's, she's my young age? Yeah, she's straight it's out of... Wild. I think she's, like, right out of undergrad, basically. Oh my God. Maybe out of grad school, but I think right out of undergrad. And she's on, like, her first expedition that she's, she's like, tagged along with this guy who's this, like, TV archaeologist and she's tagged along with him tv archaeologist it's yeah he's like a show there's a comic that comes with the definitive edition of an game. archaeologist with a television show i mean we have like we have like the crocodile hunter like we have like that's true you know there's I, television just, shows about everything anyway. that's fair that's fair that was just uh, i mean all. that's all basically all the history channel does i'm pretty sure but i have you ever watched it no uh, you can't know for sure then but i'm on the internet okay well continue and it's, so it's an origin story for her where she's younger and she's, I mean, <laughs> there is a moment in the game where you, like, the first time you kill a guy, because you kill a motherfuck load of people Yeah, I've seen game, you play it. The first time you kill a guy, there's, like, a moment where she's like, oh, God, oh, I can't, I just killed somebody. And then, like, immediately goes and, like, snipes people in the head. 30 other guys. 30 people Jesus in the Christ. Because it's, for game mechanics, you can't, like, spend the whole game. That actually be a very interesting game, a game where you, like, had to build up the moral... Hardness? Uh, yeah, you had to harden yourself to That'd be, like, an indie game, I a bet. bunch of Because no developer like it with w- yeah. the I mean, stereotypes about games these days. With, right? Like, you couldn't. Well, you... Because obviously there's a learning curve for every game, but, like, a game yeah. where somehow the play reflects the fact that, like, you've never killed somebody before... And now you're killing a bunch of people? Well, welcome to our new segment where we invent really good ideas for yeah. new games. It's cool. <laughs> new Games Corner. New Games Corner. And, uh, and now we're exiting New Games Corner. But there's a moment where she, like, has that. But anyway, point, that's beside the point. Point B. Okay. She's this, it's centered rather than just around adventure. The whole game is centered around survival. survival. Mm, mm. And especially at the beginning, there's this thing where like you have to like the wolves are about to attack you and you have to like there's like a quick time event where you have to like shoot the wolves out of the air with your bow out of the air really sick because they're jumping so tight um flying wolves oh and so it's it's very much focused on survival in this world that is set against her she's already the game tells you that she's a woman in this male dominated field and there's Mm -hmm. this shitty white male professor or like dude whatever the guy with the tv show who's Trying to capitalize on her ideas and trying to um, steal her ideas, basically. Like, trying to take credit for, like, Lara's the one who found Yamatai. Like, y- Lara's the one who got them there for this expedition, and he's trying to take credit for that. And then it also, again, spoilers, turns out that he, like, betrays you and sides with the cult and is, like, part of the reason Sam gets kidnapped. Um, so there's all that, but like this survival narrative, I think is really salient for queer folks as well. Like there's Ooh. a lot to be said in that of Lara as an outsider in a field and a world that is set against her. Like she, the people in this crew, and there's like some kick-ass ladies in this crew. There's, oh, what is her name? It's the ship engineer lady. Anyway, there's at least two other kick-ass ladies in this crew. Tight. And they're the only three women on the island. The only three living women on the island. Oh, that's so weird. So there's all of that. What is that woman's name? Fuck. You want to look it up? No. Okay. (laughs) I just want to soldier on. Uh, And so there's that literally shown. And there's this like moment again before you like kill your first. I think this is actually the first guy you kill. Um, When you like get your first gun that there's this like shady, shitty dude who's like getting up all in your neck and like smelling Laura. Oh yeah, that is the first guy. And like he's super rapey. 
and uh, you like break his kneecaps and then shoot him in the head. Yeah. Like immediately, the game a the game tells you like this is not going to be a game where Lara is objectified, which is pretty cool. Like the rest of the game, that's not what it is. They're not like oh, there's a pair of tits running around the island. They're like this lady is running around and she's killing us all. We have to stop her. Is all the radio chatter from the cults because like they're like who who hi there's a cat. Um, who is this incredibly dangerous woman? What's her deal? It's a cat. It's a cat. That's her deal. Here she is. <laughs> That's her deal. That's her deal. Um, our cat has entered the room. Hello, Tori. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, God, I get so distracted by the cat. Hi, uh, baby. She. <laughs> Beautiful. I'll, I'll, take, I'll snap some pictures so we can put them on the uh... On the, on the social media. Yeah. Going We're going to start. Right after this. Yeah. yeah. There will right be an this. accident Twitter and Instagram by the end of today. <laughs> it's true. Um, hi, sweetheart. Okay, so she won't so, be objectified yeah. Yeah, she won't because be objectified. she murders those who objectify her. Right, literally. In- very incredible. Hi, sweetie. Oh, gosh, what is she doing? Leave, <laughs> <And> <laughs> Leave the cat out of this. I can't. It's, she's literally in my face. Um, <laughs> it's very good. Um, but it also, and like that combined with the really heavy handed, like plot overtone, again, I think it's heavy handed as fuck. Mm, okay. The, the plot overtone of this kick ass woman who's like, and that's the other cool thing about Tomb Raider that doesn't happen in a lot of video games or movies. And like a comment, a lot of people had about Mad Max Fury Road is that like Lars allowed to get injured and get dirty like mm, and like she gets look ugly up. or whatever and like, like quote unquote ugly a lot, so it immediately washes and she gets in the water a lot so it like blushes the blood off and that's sure. the whole thing but she's like fucked up for a lot of the game she like punctures a lung and has to like ah that stresses me out so re-puncture bad it. she like does Duh. a lot of really hard ass shit and is like covered in blood and injured the whole time and like really fucked up and Eef. that's not something that you see you see it at like the end of Mass Effect 3 where like Shepard's all just destroyed by the end of that game. Yeah, if you're playing as Fem Shep. Right, if you're playing as Fem Shep. Me, sorry. But you don't, there's the cat, here she is. But you don't see that a lot in any media. So you have this, and you have this this character who is queer-coded, arguably, by her survivalist nature, by her being a woman in a male-dominated field, by her, by her like, power. She, oh. By her power. <laughs> there's, there's the cat. By her sort of refusal to... Like, she's not, in the previous Tomb Raider game, she's, like, in these short shorts. And in this, she's, like, in, like, combat boots and practical pants. Well, yeah, also talk about the, uh... Yeah. Yeah, the unlockable costumes. Yeah, tell us about the costumes, Hannah. So that's the other thing I was going to get to is in the the DLC. So I own this game on two different consoles. So, and I bought the Definitive Edition just to play it again with better graphics. And it comes with all the DLC. And in the DLC, you get all the unlockable outfits, and one of... There's several. They're all the gayest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Beautiful. Like, go Google Lark, Tomb Raider 2000 out, 2013 uh, DLC outfits, and tell me they're not the gayest thing you've ever seen in your entire life. Especially, worth mentioning, uh, the Demolitionist. I think it's called the Demolitionist outfit, which is her in, like... A paint, like a paint, what are those called? A painter's onesie? You know what I'm talking about? Oh. Painter scrubs? That's wrong. No, that's definitely <laughs> that's wrong. That's what it's called. Uh, it's like a jumpsuit. Yeah, it's like a jumpsuit. And it's like a denim jumpsuit with like a utility belt and Oh, I see it. I see Chuck it right Taylor's. now. Like, oh, that's excellent. If a woman, there's a very attractive UPS delivery person who comes into uh, one of my works who, um, 
I had never seen the first time she came into the shop in basically that exact outfit. Ring of keys. I yeah. I froze and stared at her like I didn't. I almost and then she was like signature and I was like, oh, something uh, is demanded of me in words. this interaction. Yeah. And then there's another one. There's an outfit that's literally just called the Aviatrix, which is a old timey word for female pilot when women were really allowed to fly planes. Before Amelia Earhart died for Amelia her sins. Yep, that's the yep. Um, and there's a reference. I don't. I did a lot of research on this today and couldn't find anything definitive. Even though I swear to God, I've seen something definitive before in a Google. <sighs> I feel like we talked in the about dra- it. There's a moment in the dra- in the, the musical, The Drowsy Chaperone, where the ga- the narrator, whatever his name is, I've seen The Drowsy Chaperone once. Talks about is like this character tricks the aviatrix, what we would now call a lesbian. And I don't know if that's officially an old timey term for lesbian. It just feels like it's it so it? much. It and like you it. did say that female adventurer. Right. Is that's a term something for that lesbian. I can actually find sources yes. for. So, like, female adventurer, aviatrix, strong correlation right. is all yeah, I'm I could saying. actually I could actually find sources for. She's got the research to back old time, it up. Yeah. Female adventure is like an early, late 1900s, early, late 1800s, early 1900s. Right, yes. Late 19th, early, early, fuck, late 19th, early 20th century. It's so hard. I'm a professional podcaster uh, term for a lesbian. Like it was just a euphemism for a lesbian. There's some buck wild old timey terms for lesbians. Can you tell me one more? Oh shit, I gotta get that article. Was it uh, slacks? Slacks is an old timey term for a lesbian. Yeah, slacks is slacks very is good. good. And then um, there's like flat, comfortable game- shoes. Oh yeah, that's one I found today. I don't know if that's just old timey or if it's regional. I think that was an autostraddle. That she wears comfortable shoes. Yeah, that's it. She wears comfortable yes. shoes. That's excellent. It's so good and true. And no, I only wear comfortable shoes. I sometimes wear uncomfortable shoes. You're still a lesbian in my heart. <laughs> Thank you, Kai. You, you're so very much. welcome. Yeah, of course. Um, don't I rest? Yep. We're not going to erase femmes who wear uncomfortable shoes. No. For our sins. They, their feet are dying for our sins. Exactly. And, you know, comfortable. Femmes are so important. Be, femmes are so, Yes. Let's just take femmes, a minute. Let's just take a minute to, to acknowledge, acknowledge femmes. how important femmes are. Femmes are so I important. Love femmes All sorts so of femmes. Much. Femmes are perfect. All, so powerful. Here's the thing. Yeah, let's hear it. All women are perfect. Undoubtable. Except ones that voted for Trump. That those, those are bad. They're no good. <laughs> Mostly white women. Mostly, yeah. Um, all but no, all women are perfect. Sure. All mm-hmm. lesbians are perfect. Yes, without including a doubt. and especially trans lesbians. Trans lesbians are my Femmes best friends. Are important. You are one of those. I'm what? <laughs> You're bet. A trans lesbian. Yes, I'm not a femme though. You had said yeah. femmes are important. Yeah, you are yeah, one you of those. You said trans lesbians. Trans are my lesbians. Best friends, yes, said, they are, are my best friends. I am my own best friend, actually. Incredible. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that that. So I could definitely find female adventure, and in the description for the aviatrix outfit, it says she's dressed as a classic. 30s adventurer. It doesn't say female adventurer. Okay. But it's just so. It's such a good in combination nod. with everything else. How it could feels you not? like it can't be unintentional. No. And especially with that. And again, I don't know if the aviatrix thing exists. I read a very long article about the aviatrix as an American dandy and like how Amelia Earhart can be read as queer, even though we don't know if she was actually. That might be queer. the article that I was thinking about when I said Amelia Earhart question mark in our text message earlier. Could series. be. Yeah. It was really long. It was from University of Michigan. Um, I'll see what I can access on my student like yes. Yeah, see if you can find. See if your fancy college money can my find fancy me. College money can tell me what lesbians. Are I gotta called. use it for the last quarter for everything it's you worth. Do. 
Um, but yeah, so it's it's all that in combination feels like it can't be unintentional, but that all ties back to the queer baiting aspect mm. where the most that's ever been explicitly said about it is I would have loved to have made Lara gay, but I don't know if the studio's ready for it. And part of that is I get, because even in 2013, that was five years ago, the world was a different place. I mean, gay marriage wasn't legal. Well, yeah, gay marriage is sort of barely legal now. I mean, but, barely. And that's barely not legal. gay marriage being legal. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Thanks. Barely legal gay marriage. Oh, my Tori. Um, oh, that's good. But, oh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. Gay marriage. Oh, gay marriage being legal also has fuck all to do with the actual state of yeah. Queer I mean, it's assimilationist and like queer politics. representation in this country because I'm just that saying. that really I feel like has not gone up in the slightest mm, since then. Yeah, popular perceptions of like our Lord and Savior, our lords and saviors, Khorasami, happened before gay marriage. Do you think? That Nickelodeon's The Legend of Korra single-handedly brought about gay marriage and the legalization of gay marriage in this country? Yes. Cool. Great. Good talk. Glad we solved that. I was wondering. Um, so it's some of that is like, I get it. Well, I don't get it. I mean, I get it. <laughs> I don't support it, but <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, sure. I got that it. That it was 2013 and like the world was a different place and there were, there was like Bioware doing their thing. But other than that, like, there weren't, there basically was no queer representation of video games even then. Uh, so, I mean, there was some. I we'll have a whole thing we're gonna that we'll get, get to. And, but from my experience, like, I think if it came out now, but then again, who knows? Like, there was, Sam wasn't in at all in Rise of the Tomb Raider. And then the next Tomb Raider game, I think it's called Shadow of the Tomb Raider, mm. comes out next month. Ooh, we'll see. And we'll see. I doubt it very much. I doubt much. it too, but we'll partially see. Partially because, and I always think this is a flimsy excuse, but partially because they're trying to be all like, oh, Laura doesn't, Laura doesn't have any relationships. She doesn't have time for any relationships. So Laura is asexual representation is what you're telling me. <laughs> well, basically, she's my very powerful wife. <laughs> and, but that queer baiting aspect of like it never being explicitly stated, I mean, it being, again, heavily implied, but then nobody, it's the difference between that and like with... For instance, in The Legend of Korra with Korra and Asami, a lot of people were like, it's queer baiting, it's queer baiting, it's queer baiting, and then all they did was hold hands, but as far as I'm aware, that's because that's all the studio would let them get away with, and basically. And is lesbian. It is lesbian. They are bisexuals. They are bisexuals. Plural. Plural. <laughs> Two of them. And afterwards, though, the creators, just to be sure, came out on uh, the internet. They came out. And they, I mean, they didn't, but they went on to the internet. I see. And they were like, no, this is as gay as you think And it then is. the comics. The comics and came the out, comics, and they are blatantly girlfriends. They're extremely gay. The most girlfriends. They do kiss on the mouth they more than one time. They kiss a lot of times. Several times. I love those comics. Kiss on the mouth. Yep, the mouth. <laughs> yep. Mouths are lesbian. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. I don't make the rules. But the difference between that and in Tomb Raider, like, you're fighting for this girl the whole time. You're wearing this very lesbian jacket. You're an aviatrix. That's You're all I do. killing men with your hands. That's all I do. And you get there and you, well, don't say that on the <laughs> internet. That's fair. And you get there and you cradle this woman in your arms. And you look at her very lovingly and she like touches your arm in a very lesbian way. You know what I'm talking about? Cradling the lesbian, somebody in your arms. 
Yeah, arms, the lesbian arm touch. And then the lesbian arm touch. Yeah, I'm very familiar with the lesbian arm touch. And then touch. You, she picks up this woman bridal style in this sort of wedding-like dress and carries her out of this. That has to mean something. But then there, there being no commentary on it from the creators, you know what I mean? That's what they makes can't, it. They can't make commentary on it. Well, they could, though, is the thing. But uh, Square Enix is the publishing company, but it is, I think it... Crystal Dynamics, I think, is the development company. Mm. All I'm saying is they could. Yeah, so I'm not disagreeing. So that's where it it, beco- it it crosses the line from representation into queer baiting for me, and how it was. It's very good, and like the the fact of the matter is, like I can think whatever I want, and I'm gonna. Good. And I can look at all the fan art in the world, and so that's very satisfying in that way because I tend to just ignore things that aren't gay <laughs> when they could be. Exactly, it's your heart cannon. It is. It's my heart cannon. But it would be so much better and more satisfying and more important, especially with Lara as the survivalist character in this survivalist narrative, to have her be in that way queer-coded and wearing these very gay outfits and then also have her be explicitly gay would just be a whole thing. And with, we talk about that. Well, like it's a butcher erasure and another thing, but it talks about, yeah, we'll talk like, about that later. queer-coded characters who do not end up actually being queer as a whole. Yeah, that's also separate can of worms. But like, Lara is so heavily... Potentially queer coded, and how amazing it would be if Lara Croft was allowed to just be be a uh, queer. queer. I do want to talk about why I said they can't. I don't mean that they can't or they shouldn't. I'm just saying that a lot of times uh, gaming companies use sales as justification for right. not making things well, they plainly think queer. They can't. They think they can't. Yes. Right. And I even got there's a couple um, articles I read today from one from IGN, research. one from Bitch Media about. About how, yeah, that like, even like, this article is from like 2014 or 15, so it's a little old, mm-hmm. that the head of Ubisoft at the time, who was an openly gay man, was even coming out and saying, like, we can't, based on, like, we'll alienate our audience, basically, yeah. if we make things blatantly gay. I was gay. reading a lot about that, too. And, and then on the other hand, we have, um, like, that when that... Some fuckboy on the internet was ranting about Dragon Age 2 being gay and was like, man, you're alienating your straight white fan base. And Bioware was basically like, get over yourself. A, you don't speak for all straight white men. B, fuck you. Like, our romances are for everybody. Which, they don't always practice what they preach, Mm. to be certain. But that was kind of cool when that happened. That that I guess the lead writer on, and correct me if I'm wrong, internet, but I'm pretty sure the lead writer on Dragon Age 2 was also openly gay and responded to that basically being like, We're not, here's the thing, here's the, the facts, people. Mm, mm. That no game has ever forced being queer down anybody's throat, because that's not a thing. That if the overwhelming majority of representation is not queer, then queer characters existing is not shoving anything down anybody's throat. Unless you're into that. It's just... Existing and in sort of the straights and people who don't want us to exist view our very existence as shoving our lifestyle choice. That's my favorite euphemism for lifestyle choice. Yeah, we talked about this the other day. Yeah, no, no. lifestyle choice. <laughs> lifestyle Shoving choice. Is favorite euphemism. Describing being gay as a lifestyle choice is like one of my favorite yeah. things because that's uh, so it's, bizarre. It's a lifestyle. Like, also, you're correct. Uh, David, his name is David Gator. <laughs> Excellent. That's extremely good. Funny. That's extremely good. Uh, it could be pronounced Gator. But well, it's Gator. Gator. It's not. Gator. Yeah. It's definitely Gator. Yeah. But he is openly gay. 
And Good for him. I'm so proud of you, Hannah. His first job was working on Baldur's Gate 2. Oh, cool. Tight, an amazing game. Yeah. Tight. See? That's what you're so good. Wow. I like video games. I told you I did my homework. I know, I'm just really impressed. And so there's there's that. Like there you can make those bold choices, but lifestyle even choices. Yeah, you can make those bold lifestyle choices. But even openly gay people in prominent roles in the video game industry, making like Ubisoft, obviously, and Bioware making like triple A games can't or won't still like bend to that false perception. Like, in a, a vast portion of gamers are women. And that, I doubt enough research has been done to know how many gamers are, like, trans and non-binary. There definitely is not. Uh, I've heard, one of, the one study that I read was from 2009, and it said 1.5% of gamers are trans. Well, and I don't buy that. Well, yeah. Well, they didn't invent trans people until, like, 2012. Oh, my God, you're right. Let's, so let's get back. That, yeah, that, like, false perception of... Our overwhelming audience is straight white male gamers, and we have to cater to them, which sucks. No, it so does. So much suck. media is still hindered by that. Well, I heard that also. Like, oh man, it was something like forty-eight percent of gamers are women, right. and a lot of those women are older women mm-hmm. because those are the people that have like the the free time and interest in playing games. Yeah, and I find it ridiculous that they wouldn't try to appeal to that market outside of those well, dumb fucking like girl games women aren't people they, oh my god i'm so sorry you're right you do have to remember that see this is what we're talking about like these Oops. are jokes we don't Oops. agree with the things that we're we say <laughs> no Please no don't i don't agree with what hannah's saying we're able to be added yeah we're, we're saying these things to make light of people that actually believe those things right because, because it's those horrifying. are serious and horrible <laughs> things and we're scared of them think those things yeah so we have to make fun of, of them is making fun of them yes that's that is, that is my culture part it's of camp. our personal culture yeah it's part culture. of camp certainly um and, but yeah so so heads of these studios are like catering to this false perception when the numbers never really supported it. It was just biased studies, but now the numbers like definitely don't support that. And there are more amazing indie games coming out, like yeah, Butterfly but still Soup, indie games. which is an amazing game. Very it's, good game. But it's a very indie game. And yeah. Gender Wrecked, which I haven't played yet, but Gender Wrecked is a so very good game. Good. And even slightly more well-known games like uh, Gone Home, mm, yeah. where you don't, as far as you know, actually this uh, uh, sexuality is never given to the protagonist. But you, the story is about your sister who's queer. Yeah. Um, and that's excellent. It, it's mm-hmm. a very popular game too. A lot of people I know have played it. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, I think it's still on like the indie side of the spectrum. It definitely for is. For sure. Like it's not like. Well, Steam has allowed for those indie games to get more popular. Right. Which is pretty cool. So, so yeah. So these choices could be being made, but they're not. And in 2013, they certainly weren't. And I have very little faith in anything, let alone that Shadow of the Tomb Raider will include and it feels, it sucks, because for me, I think just because I played them so close together, even though they didn't come out close together, that I pl- I played Tomb Raider, I was like, that was fucking amazing, and like immediately bought and played Rise of the Tomb Raider, because mm-hmm. I'm always a little bit behind on games, sure. usually, or I have been historically, because I just don't have time or money, or I haven't historically, and that it felt like purposeful in Rise of the Tomb Raider, that there was this really cool, and it also was just like cool character development for this relationship, it, it just made them both really cool fleshed out characters that 
there was all this heavy-handed queer coding and like character development and so forth in Tomb Raider that was just sort of thrown out the window in Rise of the Tomb Raider. It felt like because it felt so intentional to leave Sam out of the story, and like maybe she mm. had no place in the the buckwild nonsense that was the story of the second game, where you like find a Jesus maybe find Jesus. in the mountains of Russia. He's like living there with a cult. Do you think Laura's not gay anymore because she found Jesus? Oh God, no. No, because I don't want to erase queer Christians by any means. No, totally. Um, some of the most Christian people I know are queer. Some of the most queer people I know are Christian. Yeah, so there you go. Um, I know at least one... A trans. One trans pansexual... Well, he's not a priest. He's not in seminary anymore. But, like... He was on the Intending way. to be a preacher, yeah. basically. Um, and... So, yeah, so it feels so intentional that, like, that's left out of the second game. It feels like... Whether Square Enix or the, the producing company or whatever had this reaction to the first game and was like, oh, no, people think that was gay. We can't have that. It took it out. I don't know if that's true at all, but that's how it felt to me, playing them back to back. And that's where it becomes this frustrating issue of queer baiting. And Lara Croft will obviously always be very gay in my heart. And that's the thing about characters that don't have a stated sexuality is that you can sort of project your own experience onto them. Sure. But... There's also part of that that feels like a flimsy excuse for not just making the bold choice to have a character with a queer sexuality. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Most yeah. definitely. Yeah. What's your gay game? Oh, boy. Your game. How much, how much audio are we going to be recording? Because we've already got an hour. As much as we want, and then we'll do it until okay. we're done. We'll do it live? Yeah. I mean... Fuck it. We'll do it live. Well, uh, I brought in uh, Fallout New Vegas... This week, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Aaron has played it, but have have you have you ever played Fallout New Vegas? I've played some of it. It's hard for me to get into Bethesda games for whatever reason. Except for, I don't know. Whatever. The, I've played some of it. The problem that I have with you saying that is Fallout New Vegas. I think is uh, more oh, Obsidian not, than it is right, Bethesda. That's right. Bethesda, Bethesda, Bethesda still uh, published it, but Obsidian ended up making it, and that's why it feels really different to me than the other Fallout games. I mean, obviously different than 1 and 2, which are, like, top-down, like, strategy games, but it's very different than 3 and 4. I guess I should amend that and say it's just been historically hard to get into Fallout. Like, I've tried to get into Fallout New Vegas, and I can't, and I don't know why, but maybe I I will be after this conversation. It just seems like it's your thing. Um, It's very uh, dystopian. It's very apocalyptic. I do like that. Yeah, I know. It's, like, one of your favorite... Anyway, so it's my favorite Fallout game of all the Fallout games, uh, including... I, I just do want to talk about how Fallout 4 is a bad game really quick. It's <laughs> That's a, a hot take. It's a bad game. You, I have played uh, over 500 hours of it, and it's God. it's not it fun. It can't have been that bad if you played 500 hours of it. I mean, I it. played 500 hours of it and realized it was a bad game after 500 hours. I was That's, in a very dissociative state. Le- say, that sounds like bullshit Let me be. It's definitely not bullshit. I played 50 bullshit. hours of Mass Effect Andromeda, and that still That's, felt a lot to decide well, it was a bad game. Listen, I'm going to talk about Fallout New Vegas. that much Fallout I'm going to talk about Fallout New Vegas. And it was also some of the old uh, Black Isle employees worked on it, who are the dudes who made Fallout 1 and 2. And I really liked the way that they kind of uh, did storytelling. I'm not entirely sure if they also worked on 3 and 4, but whatever. Um, so it takes place in the Mojave Wasteland, which is basically like uh, Nevada, which is around where we live. Sort kind of, of. Kind of. Enough. Um, <laughs> the Mojave Desert is in Nevada and California. And California, it? actually, yeah. And it's well, got it's places. called New Vegas because it's... 
in the year around Vegas. Vegas. Yes, it it does, like, logically make sense. So um, you kind of gave a summary of the game, and I think it's a little bit harder to do that with New Vegas because there's, like, so much fucking stuff and so many options. Tomb Raider is, like, a linear plot that you follow, and Fallout New Vegas is more of a Fallout New Vegas is more of a, like, sandbox, like, role-playing game. And also, uh, I think that... Uh, Obsidian really tried to make it a little bit more like a first-person shooter. Like, a lot of the combat mechanics are uh, more first-person shooter-y than, like, in Fallout 3 and 4, which I really like. I don't know how much you like shooters, but that's... It depends on the shooter. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, you played a lot of Destiny, didn't you? I played an amount of Destiny. I've played an ass-load of Borderlands 2, though. Tell you what. Yeah, that's true. I have watched you play an ass-load of Borderlands 2. So... I really like first-person shooters because I grew up playing really terrible games like Call of Duty uh, and Halo, which is not a really terrible game, but Call of Duty is a really terrible yeah. game. Um, Do you even game, bro? Do I feel like, like I did ask people that. What's generally. your, what do they call it? K- KD rate? What's your kill KD what's ratio? Your, what's bro? your KD Lang ratio? What's your KD Lang ratio? <laughs> What's your Katie Lang ratio, bro? That is a very unique queer gaming joke that you well, can only get Well, thanks for pointing here. it out. That definitely makes it funnier. Yeah, I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so I really like the the marriage of sort of first-person shooter and RPG that Fallout New Vegas provides. And one of my favorite things that Fallout New Vegas offers is, like, um, perks. So you can choose all of these little sort of attributes for your character at the beginning of the game and as you level up. Uh, and... Oh, man, I never learned how to pronounce this. It is in Spanish. Um, oh, boy. I know it's going to be really bad. Uh, will you will you help me read it? Sure. Uh, Cherches, La Femme. That looks like La Femme. I don't know. Cherches, La Femme. So there are these two perks uh, in this game that allow you to be gay. And there are also two perks that allow you to be straight. Hmm. So your character is basically... Uh, asexual until you decide to make them otherwise. Um, it's confirmed Bachelor and Cherchez La Femme uh, make you gay. And, like, Black Widow or Lady Killer make you straight. And That's the fascinating. Game, so it's you, like, really make cool. a dedicated... Instead of just, like, having yeah. a player choice, you make a dedicated choice to have You make a dedicated choice to have a sexuality, and you get different dialogue options as a result of that sexuality that you choose. Which I think is so cool because... Um, it's kind of also heavily recommended by uh, people who play this game to choose both of them because you can also have both of them. Oh, cool. So um, you can like dedicate so you can be, be bisexual bi or, or pansexual. pansexual. Yeah, you, not monosexual, um, which I just think is such a really unique element that you get to choose the perk of being gay or straight or bisexual or pansexual. Like that's a very unique thing to add to the game. But not only that, a lot of the characters that are just kind of around the world are queer. And you can flirt with them or not flirt with them or they'll turn you down regardless of if they're queer or not, which is really fun. Um, but I think the the most, like, notable part of the game to me are the two companion characters who are queer. Uh, one of them is Arcade Ganon, and he's like this he's, – he's this doctor guy who is working to better the lives of others in this group called Followers of the Apocalypse – um, and he lives in the old Mormon fort and he, which is where the followers of the apocalypse is based out of it, not no real relation to Mormons nowadays. Um, but these two queer characters, uh, I guess this one queer character that I'm talking about now is one of the 
best written gay people that I've ever seen or that I had seen in 2010 when I first played the game. Or that you've ever even met in real life. That I've ever met in real life. Yeah, you're very poorly written is a critique oh. that I would have about you, Hannah. What's that mean? I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I genuinely... You're a very good author. Oh. I don't I'll tell you. Did, okay. Listen. Um, <laughs> so Arcade is really well written and his his entire, like character does not rely on his queerness um mm, like that his, sounds fake it i assure you it's real his backstory is based on uh his relationship with these different factions and like his family and none of it relates to him being gay but kai for gay people the most the only interesting thing about them is that they're gay so i don't understand how that could be true well speak for yourself the most interesting thing mm, no, about... No, I, don't, I don't make the rules. Oh. Media right. told me that. Sorry. Oh, well, okay. Well, here's the thing. Uh, the other, the other, the other gay character, Veronica Sant... Sant... Santangelo? Santeria. No. <laughs> it's Veronica Santangelo. She don't got no crystal ball. <laughs> I, I need to increase the size of my font on my computer is what yeah, I am learning. Um, Veronica. Veronica. Yeah. I've been calling Arcade Arcade. Um, she is a lesbian. Cool. Uh, and her story does rely a lot on her queerness because her entire backstory is that her family and her faction rejected her for being queer. Oh, that sucks. I like, know, it does and suck. The, don't we have better things to worry about in, like, the apocalypse? I mean, the Brotherhood of Steel is her faction, right? And the Brotherhood of Steel are these people that all live underground in these bunkers. And they have these huge, giant power suits of armor, and they're, they're scholars, and they're kind of like the lawful good of, of the wasteland. And so is uh, NCR, which is the California Republic or whatever. But that's that's neither here nor there but they're the lawful good of the wasteland and because they live under these bunkers and they're total isolation they focus really heavily on reproduction mm. um and that's why it's really bad for them to be uh. to be queer uh. and i yeah i mean it's a it's a less it's a less futurity good. futurity talk to talk to jose about that later um i think it's a it's a less good backstory but it it still provides an honest representation of, like, what being queer is like, and that's interesting to me. Um, and it's also kind of interesting to me that the that the lesbian character has, like, such distinct differences than, than the gay character. What? I know. It's crazy. It seems kind of nuanced, which is buck wild. No. Um, but one of my favorite... storytelling in my video game? Not here. One of my favorite things about this game specifically, though, in order to, like, contrast with your your developer's words about it, the developer of Fallout's 1 and 2 um, said specifically that uh, they wanted players to be able to do whatever they wanted. And one of the things that they conceived of as being whatever they wanted was... Be being able to be queer if you wanted to. And in, like, a dedicated sense, which is really rare, I think, even yeah. still in video games, that, like, it's not just, you know, you have these romance options if you're playing as this version of this character. It's you you make a decision that renders your character... Different. Queer. I yeah. mean, from that moment forward, it's... Right. That the game reacts to your chosen sexuality rather than your chosen sexuality sort of adapting to the game, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, I try to play any choice-based games as gay as I can, sure, obviously. naturally. Natch. But 
yeah, I don't know. It's just different that, like, you get to actually state, like, nope, this character, my character is, is a lesbian. Gay. Yeah, and then the game reacts to that and, and like, builds itself, like, around that. Yeah, and that you, is fascinating. Yeah, and I think that that's really a unique form of representation because I was kind of comparing it to um, other games that I had, like, grown up playing in developmental years, and the other ones that I was thinking about were Fable and The Sims. Did you ever play The Sims? Oh, yeah, I played the shit out of The Sims. Okay. By which I mean I would make families, build a house, realize the game was really boring, and then drown my family in a swimming pool. And I was really scared of people like you um, (laughs) when I was growing up playing The Sims. Most Sims players is people like me. And I'm really scared of most Sims players, I think is what we're we're getting down. I don't make the rules. Um, (laughs) Okay. Uh, so I used to always make gay Sims. I used to make uh, two, two lady Sims, make them kiss. I'd watch, um... Two, two dude sims also make them kiss and I would also watch like that was that was my gay representation in video games and then fable um there's all these non-player characters who have like one or two things about them like character traits and one of those things is often their sexual orientation and then the other one is how wealthy they are so oh. it's it's this really odd intersections of privilege yeah it's this really odd sort of way of setting uh sexuality for I'm very gay and i have no money yeah there's there are so. characters in fable like that but there's also like just like me basically basically just like you could be a fable npc sweet who knows? That's all I've ever wanted. Well, those were basically the two uh, other games that I was playing in that time period that had gay representation other than people calling me a faggot on Call of Duty. Well, yeah. Um, so Ain't that the way? <laughs> that, that was the way. I, I just always thought that that was a much more fleshed out representation of queer characters than the other games that I had been given, sure. which it was, where it was just kind of incidental. Totally. Well, and there's a lot to be said for incidental queerness. Yeah. That the, the queerness. Like a, a, um, an example, and this was sort of in one of the articles I was reading in my research today, but an example is like, uh, in Borderlands 2, for instance, Sir Hammerlock has a boyfriend. There's like a quest where you have to like get yeah, and something that's incidental, from his and boyfriend I agree who's been that eaten by good. a monster. That he's gay, and that game doesn't necessarily shy away from that, but it's also incidental to his character. He's not like a overly flamboyant camp gay man and that's not his whole character or plot i mean he doesn't have much of a plot but that's not like his whole deal but like also incidentally he has a boyfriend it's just like dropped in a conversation in a very casual way yeah which again never happens in games it's always like and this character is gay yeah and it's this big reveal and it's like supposed to change yeah I guess both of those are very important, I think, especially, yeah, Inquisition. Both those are very important. Uh, Like, Fable, not not only do the gay characters just happen to be gay, the straight characters just happen to be straight, and that's just one of three things about them that exists in that game. But I think for me, it was so influential, like, that Fallout New Vegas had such well-written queer characters because... I wasn't ingesting a lot of media at that time or really anything that had gay representation. And I think that, like, well-written gay representation allows us to conceive of being gay. Totally. Just in a way. Yeah, Like, at all. Um, Because at that period in my life, I think that this was... Ooh, this was, like... I, I was out at that time... But I didn't really know what that meant because my only my only representations of queer people were in porn. 
Yeah. Like I only saw like lesbians in thing porn. We could talk about about and, the effect that porn <laughs> uh, has had on the development of the sex lives of young queer people. Bad, bad effects. I at that point in time was avoiding lesbian porn like the plague because I was so afraid that I might find it hot because I might be gay. That's fucking hilarious. And then the first time I watched lesbian porn, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, but the thing about the lesbian porn that I saw at that time, no longer, it was made for straight men. Straight, right, yeah, the straight. Um, So I was seeing lesbians through that lens, and the only other, like, I grew up white and middle class and with very neoliberal parents, so the only other gay people that I was seeing were... um, older gay men like my parents didn't have any queer uh female friends and these these older gay men were definitely like role models but I saw them like maybe once in my life and then that was that was it that was the only time that I actually saw a real live gay person and the media that we expose our kids to does not contain gay people because that's seen as sexuality and sexuality is seen as bad yeah, queer. Well, um, there's, for there's kids. There's all sorts of romance in... In kids' media, in you're kids right. Media, but all over the place, there's the prince and princess narrative and the... Yeah. The romance narrative is so, so shoved down the throat, but queer sexuality is automatically painted as perverse and automatically yes, painted and as... sexual. Somehow more sexual than, like... Yes, than, than heterosexual. Else, than heterosexual sexuality. Yeah. And so it's... You can't represent that because it's it's automatically hypersexual to have it be queer at all, even if it's incredibly chaste. And that's, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I guess my point with talking about Fallout New Vegas was less about the the like shift in representation and like uh, how different it was because it wasn't that different because there have been a lot of other games that have well-written queer characters. Uh, it really influenced me a lot personally because it was the first time that I had seen a gay person that had like that was dimensions dimensions yeah Yeah, that had different dimensions thank you for seeing what i was doing with my hands that's even i think still unique in games to have a still i mean still queer representation in video games has come away but it hasn't really come that far i don't think in many ways it hasn't, in many ways it hasn't, but to, to have a game where you make a dedicated choice about your character's sexuality and that influences the game, like you are now, it's not just that you're playing as, you know, Shepard and Shepard is romantic, you're femme Shep and you're romancing Liara, but like Shepard's sexuality is never addressed. Yeah. It's that you're, you are playing as a gay person. Like the game knows and tells you your character is gay, you are playing as a gay person. Like, that's really unique, I think, still in video games. And I'm, I'm glad that you talked a little bit about, like, your experience playing that. And that's something that I didn't really talk about. Like, I mean, I played Tomb Raider as an adult. But even then, like, it's like when I watched... I mean, obviously, I watched The Force Awakens as an adult. But, like, I just... I cried watching that movie because I thought about young women, like, young girls and young queer people and whatever, having this incredibly strong... Arguably queer coded, but that's a whole other conversation. Sure. Just kick ass my very powerful wife Ray as as a role model, and like playing this Tomb Raider and playing this Lara and playing this really queer coded storyline. How even if it was never made explicit, like my experience of playing that, like if it was so well developed and fleshed out, like I was so invested in 
that. Like, obviously, I was invested in it because I was like, holy shit. I'm still, I'm still in that phase. And it's still the world that we live in that every time I encounter a gay storyline in anything, it's like I can't believe what I'm yeah. seeing. Yeah. It's like, is... Is this? It can just be gay. I mean, and you it's remember okay? Korosami when it was happening? It was like, oh yeah. I mean, I spend, shocking and unbelievable. I spend like most of my waking minutes thinking about the fact that Korosami is canon. Yeah. Um, when I'm sad, this is not a joke. When I'm sad, I just reread the turf, the uh, Legend of Korra Turf Wars comics, mostly part one where they kiss on the mouth a whole bunch. Yeah. <laughs> and because it's, I'm still in disbelief that something can be that blatant. And so while it's disappointing, obviously, that Tomb Raider wasn't, didn't have the sort of, um, I don't know, the, the, the outright stating, yeah, yeah, to, or whatever it was, the circumstances, whatever it was, to outright make Lara a queer character, it was still very exciting for me as a human adult playing this game and just seeing so much of myself in Laura, I guess. Like, I've yeah. never been stranded on a desert island. And I would probably die immediately because I don't have any useful skills if I were dropped in the wilderness. And I'm a vegan, so that would be die. a whole thing. I mean, I think I would kill and eat, like, Yeah, animals. no, you'd have to. I, mean, I would have to. Yeah. Um, and I would kill a man who sniffed my neck, like, now for fun. <laughs> I mean, I say that, but I'm, like, soft. Like, please don't touch or look at me. I'll cry. Um, that... But, like, seeing that, like, that survivor narrative, I think I've always resonated with survivor narratives to a degree. Um, And I've always resonated with, like, the single strong woman, like, fighting against this whole world that's pitted against her. I mean, you are a survivor. You have your own survivor narrative. Well, thanks, bud. I guess that is true, and I need to give more credence to that. Like, I've been through... I've survived a lot of... Yeah, fuck ton. ...absolute traumatic bullshit in my life, and so... Watching that character like go through this traumatic bullshit and in pursuit of this queer romance was was a unique experience to me, and I want more of that. Obviously, like yeah. I wanted more from it. And we want more going forward, and like the world doesn't change unless we try to change it. And like we're not here making video games, but like yeah, when I was doing research into uh, Fallout New Vegas today, because I also did research, I was looking at some message boards about um, who all you could fuck in the game. Because that's vital information. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because I, I played this uh, I've played this for a very long time and for, like, over the course of very many years, I keep going back to it. But I don't remember who all you can have sex with because I got to tell you, I'm not playing my Fallout games to bone. What? Yeah. What are you even doing? <laughs> Shocking. But you can have sex with a robot named Fisto. Cool. Uh, oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> which I do want to talk about really quickly. Okay. Um, Players of all genders can fuck this robot named Fisto, yes. and you, well, I mean, no Fisto. Fisto. No tea, no shade. You'll no never guess what the, he does. I, I think it's yeah, it's one of the brothel quests, and when you fix him up, uh, you can um, have sexual intercourse with the. Well, yes, you you do get fisted we can by. Talk about you do get fisted by. It's not a race I was I know I was making a joke. You know, that's fine. Step it's, on your joke. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You can get fisted by a robot is is the end, cool. is the punchline. And that's the future um, that liberals want. That's the future I personally that want. The future that's that my tonight. Gunning for well, <laughs> that's I want a robot to use me like a puppet. Yeah. That sounds great. That does sound great. Um my point was, uh, I was on these I was on these Fallout message boards, um, and there was this uh, straight guy complaining about the fact that you had 
queer romance options right. in Fallout, but or that characters were about gay because he was robot. Uh, well, he didn't complain about Fisto the robot, which he I don't wouldn't. know if he even knew that having sex with Fisto is an option. You don't always have to run into it, but he probably did. But he was saying that he is not against homosexuals. He is. However, listen, hear me out, hear him out. He was not against homosexuals. However, he thought it was not fair Mm -hmm. to have so many gay characters because um, they they need more straight, like it needs to be a more equal divide. Well, that's Uh, When in reality, perhaps there are a total of 15 queer characters in Fallout New Vegas. And I think there's... Like hundreds, like hundreds of NPCs, of, yeah. L- at well, least a hundred. Well, that's the thing is like the way that that perception works from the the perspective of sort of the hegemonic narrative is that an equal representation to them is maybe a gay person who doesn't or, shove it in your face, right? Or a brown person or a woman, and then an overwhelming like you put like a woman on like a board of directors and call that diversity yeah. in that world. Affirmative you know action, I mean? yeah. white women. Um. And so that's sort of what we're up against in that regard. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's important to... I mean, obviously that guy is a, is a moron. Yes, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, he's also been t- taught by a, a world and blah, blah, blah. But that's what I was talking about, like, with that Dragon Age 2. Yeah. And Bioware, like, I did have respect to that, that Bioware, like, made a dedicated statement that was, like, our stories are for everybody and that you, like, most of the... St- like still not a part of most of the story but it is an option like nobody's forcing you to take this option um and so i think that's so important to yeah talk about like we have to claim our space in that because like i said like at worst we're getting actively pushed out of the narrative and at best oftentimes are being ignored or pandered to. Yes, pandering is a huge... It, that makes me think of games like fucking uh, Dream Daddy. <laughs> yeah, I was not... A, did not care for that game. No, I don't. Yeah. I think we should maybe call it there. Probably. For tonight. Um, I think there's much more to talk about. I mean, there's always more to talk about with queer baiting. And there's Console. more to talk about. About dedicated queer representation. And that's why we have this podcast, because we saw a niche. I saw a niche. We both saw a niche. I'm not saying it was my idea. I'm just saying, like, I can't speak for why you're doing this. Sure. For me personally, I see a niche that's not being filled in video game journalism, and I'm not so high and mighty as to call myself a video game journalist. But, like, there, these conversations aren't really happening in an, in an accessible sense. Like, there's not yeah. a lot of... There's, like, an individual websites and whatever and like there's many blogs gamer.net actually got shut down yeah and that so, was the one place where i used to go yeah and like i was trying to look if they're it whatever anyway basically these conversations need to be had um if we want to claim our space in the world of gaming because i it's my personal it's if one of my favorites if not my favorite mode of storytelling i think yeah. it is the future of storytelling not just gaming but like interactive storytelling and gaming is such a very incredible medium for that, like it, it allows you a level of empathy with characters that is unprecedented because you can literally be a character. Yeah. And that's so important for telling underrepresented, um, underrepresented stories. And it's such an underutilized tool that I'm very excited to talk about uh, the world that how that's 
changing and how it's not and your experience with it and my experience with it. No, totally. I mean, I agree with you fully. I do just want to add one one other thing. Uh, because of the fact that my studies focus in queer theory and I'm a huge nerd who thinks about gay stuff and gay theoretical constructs all the time, my biggest fight in academia is to try to make ideas and concepts about sociological constructions and queerness uh, accessible. Mm -hmm. And I think that storytelling through video games and talking about video games in a queer sense is a really awesome and useful way to use all of the dumb shit that I learned in school. So I am also excited to continue doing this with you and having these conversations yeah. because you're right. They are very important. Um, we're going to have a, by the end of tonight, if not tomorrow, we will have an accident Instagram and Twitter and Facebook page. So you can find us there. Facebook. If gay, it's gay, we play. If it's gay, we play. I guess. On Facebook. Uh, Insta Twitter, probably. At Twitter, I feel like Twitter handle's got to be shorter, like... We'll can be as long. We'll figure it out and we'll post in, but in search, the description. Search all these websites for if it's gay, we play. Yeah. And we'll be here. We'll be here. We'll That's be where you'll find us. Uh, you know, like, smash that like. <laughs> like, like and rate subscribe. And subscribe. Yep. And uh, we will see you probably next week. We're going to figure out how we're going to do this, but we're going to try and do it weekly. Yeah. Is, this, is this a sign off? I think this is a sign off. God, what do we say? <laughs> I, uh, stay gay. <laughs> And Stay, keep gaming? No, that's too much. That's too derivative. Um, Aaron will cut some of this out. <laughs> um, I have notes about what I'm cutting. Oh, excellent. Um, keep being gay. Keep playing games. That's, oh man. That's Th pretty that'll, good. That'll, that'll, that'll go. Yeah, that'll do. Keep playing gay. Keep being gay. Keep playing gay. Keep being games. <laughs> keep playing gay. Keep being games. Keep <laughs> I actually like it. I like that too. Yep, okay. Keep right. playing it, keep being games. Yep. Have a good night. Goodbye. And goodbye. Bye.